hey. Welcome back. Preacher's Hour Podcast. Man. <laughs> you say that every time. I love it. And I, I always know. wait for you to say it. Preacher's Hour Podcast. I think it has to be said. Like, uh, even I remember when we were talking about, like, we don't introduce ourselves every episode. Oh, uh, yeah. We got to kind of get back to doing that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, the thing is, like, when people hear us, they're like, oh, man, I listen to Preacher Hour Podcast, but I have no idea who, who, are, these who are the hosts. So, introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Jeff Copeland. And I am Brandon Jackson. Mm-hmm. And we are Preacher's Hour. I was supposed to be in unison. How was I supposed to know? We didn't practice. You didn't tell me. Anyway. Mental thing. Next time it's going to be perfect. (laughs) Um, Guys, we are also joined, not specifically on the episode, but uh, our good brother, uh, Josiah Freeland, is going to be doing all the cinematography for our podcast. If you checked out our last YouTube video, it was way better way, way than better. the ones that I was doing because I am not <laughs> Josiah. I don't have the gift that he has that God's given him. But it's got an amazing um, gift. Yeah. So moving forward, our YouTube is going to be like way better. Yeah. Um, even than the last video because, yeah. you know, even our clips on Instagram, all that kind of. It, yeah. It's all going to be improved. leveling up. Yeah. We're trying to just make this as high quality as possible because it's something that Will told us when he was on about like everything you do like do with everything you got yeah especially if you're doing it for god so yeah yeah so josiah's here we might be referring to him or looking at him at some points but he's just in the room for those of you who are just listening for y'all who can't see him he is there but you just can't he up in here he in here yeah (laughs) so uh today's episode is going to be i apologize in advance but i'm not really sorry sorry not sorry (laughs) sorry not sorry um (laughs) because the climate that we are recording these last few episodes in, you almost can't talk about anything else. Uh-huh. Um, so it's difficult. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I saw the, uh, I saw some guy who used to be in the NBA, and they were talking about the NBA starting back up, and he mm-hmm. was like, "Nah, like that's gonna take the attention off of what we're trying to do." A here. lot of the players, big time players, are saying they don't want to go back because they don't yeah. want to take attention off of this. They I think that'd stuff. be yeah, that would be a great stand to be like, no, it would be very powerful because them owners. They're going to be like, hold on, guys. Which Our is, pockets are hurting. We need y'all to get get back to, I don't want to go down that road because I'm going to say some stuff. <laughs> White sorry, black, not sorry. Like, uh, I'm really not, but. No, which um, is crazy because I think about uh, I, I, just the overall, like, how businesses work. I mean, people are under contracts. I get that part. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still, like, millionaires. So, at the end of the day, there's, like, fam, I guarantee you, like, with LeBron James, I'm not going back. And the owner tried to make him go back. He'd just be like, uh, what other team would like to take? He's literally like the fifth highest paid athlete on the planet Shut by any up. sport. So good luck with that. What? Um, the dude has a billion dollar contract with Nike or something like that. He's the first ever. It's a lifetime contract. What? Yeah. Oh, anyway. God. Yeah. So you're good luck with that one. And so somebody, LeBron, if, if another need... player actually tweeted and posted that if LeBron says we're going back, then we're going back. <laughs> Like, let's be Which, real. This is about business. <laughs> he's the king. If he says we're going back, if he says we're not going back, he's going to be the one that decides it. That's crazy, but that's yeah. so true. Yeah. Dang. So uh, our episode today is going to be called Both And. Both And. So we, Brandon and I, have been a part of a bunch of conversations. It's been an ongoing conversation, I feel like, for the last, like, three weeks. Man, it's been. <laughs> um, about all this stuff going on. Um, but we had an interesting conversation yesterday um, about kind of just what our response, what our, what we should want. And I alluded to it on a previous episode as far as like 
what can we actually do about all the stuff that's going on with, when it comes to like racial relations and things like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and from a Christian perspective, right? Yeah. So like, what should we be doing? A uh, patient asked me a super interesting question I'm going to ask you right now. Okay. He said, so the question that he's been getting a lot from his white brothers and sisters is, okay, like we we see what you're talking about. Like we get it. Like mm-hmm. there, We clearly see that there is a racial problem. What would you like us to do about it? Wash our feet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so Brandon, what uh, you specifically, what would, what do you want from a white? I'm going to tell what I said okay. after, but okay. Um, what, what do I want from them? Uh, I think most, uh, most more than anything is, to understand that as a family we are obligated to the well-being of each other mm-hmm. and if anyone in the family is being taken advantage of or being mistreated uh, it is our job to see that kind of injustice and like speak up against it especially in the family so like it i don't think that the, it doesn't really matter how much you go talk about it about people outside the family because they're not in our family, but the people who are in our family need to know that this is how we operate. If you see someone on, in your family, which would which makes sense if you think about it as a family, everyone in your family, if someone is like really doing bad, no one just like, oh, that's just Uncle Carl. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Uncle Carl just going to be down there. No, I mean, in a good family, what you're supposed to do is say, Uncle Carl, you are tripping. Like, get your butt in here and let me help you back to rehabilitation or whatever it is, which is. What many families do with part putting people, putting their kids in rehab, putting their mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, putting their parents in, in homes where they mm. like, can be taken care of. Like it just it happens. But we don't think about the body of Christ as a real family. We kind of think of it as like this abstract type of thing. Wow. OK, we're going to definitely have to <clears throat> go down that hole. As you just <laughs> opened up, which is very good. So um, I like that. So what I told uh, to answer the question was what I would want from my white brothers, sisters who who get it who understand that there is a problem when it comes to how black people are treated in this country Mm -hmm. i would all i want from you is to talk to your fellow white people yeah like tell get people in your family or people you whatever connections or your coworkers or whatever the case may be like you as a white person who understands what's going on I need you to tell other white people. Yeah. Like, educate them. Mm-hmm. They can't hear it from me. They don't yeah. want to hear it from you. Gather together. Yes, gather, ocean. <laughs> and the word of the Lord came to them. <laughs> <laughs> but what that's what I would want, mm-hmm. is, is you as a person who is in the privileged part of society, yeah. who understands, like, it has to come from you. Like yeah. you've got to tell other people. Um, really cool. Me and my wife this morning, we were out shopping, going to different furniture stores, and there's a protest all along Blackstone. Mm-hmm. And I would say like 80, 85% of people were white. Wow. And they were like holding up like signs. And it was really interesting <coughs> to see the different signs. Hmm. This was Sunday morning. So some people, uh, I saw somebody had like a, a Mago Day. Um, oh, just wow, said Imago yeah. Day on it, Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter. Um, a lot of different like scriptures and things like that. And then I saw other people had like Black Trans Lives Matter. Oh yeah, yeah. And and like all these other like you would you would say not religious yeah. type of signs. They're both protesting the same thing. They're all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just interesting. Like 
to see like most of them are white and like it was it was really interesting to be driving by as a black person and we would like stop at the stoplight and they look at us and see that we're black and they're just kind of like yeah, you know, hey, this is for you guys. Um, and like everybody's honking and, and stuff like that. It was just really interesting. Um, but that, that it encouraged me a little bit. I was like, okay, cool. Like, like you're the ones that we need mm-hmm. to be really not leading <clears throat> this, but to be a major part of any type of change. And especially coming from Christians, like white yeah. Christians. Yeah, I think that's that that's super important, and uh, it definitely pushes the wave forward. Um, but just the 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 idea—I mean, not an idea—the the fact that there are people who don't look like us helping support us—it mm-hmm. um, is—it's uh, encouraging. You know, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm encouraged by seeing white pastors talk about uh, racial injustice. I, I'm encouraged when I hear about um, white ministers and just white people in general, like standing up for what is right. Uh, and it's encouraging and it actually encourages me to continue the conversation. So if white people don't say anything, I could see myself burning out really, really quickly. It's like, okay, I'm going to talk about this, but it's not, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. Trying to convince people that there's a problem. Yeah. Right. So it's much more energizing to have the people I'm trying to convince Mm -hmm. believe me. And then they're the ones trying to convince other people. people. Yeah. Man, that makes me want to keep going. Which is kind of like the gospel, but. You know, once you get someone to believe, then they go out and make other believers and uh, you get this whole domino effect, which in turn makes it easier for everybody. Mm -hmm. And then whoever is like not on board, it's who did I hear this from? Can't remember. But basically it says like we finally get to see like who's really Mm -hmm. not with us, like who, Mm -hmm. who was in who was in the trenches with us or who was not in the trenches, but who was walking with us. But when it came to getting into the trenches, like they just stood at the top and it's like. Yeah, man, like, don't do that. <laughs> like, you get to see that for reals. Um, and yeah. you can see, like, who's who's really, like, for the cause. Not even for the cause. For the gospel. I mean, I don't want to make it seem like uh, social justice is a is a movement. It's not a movement. Okay, I'm really glad you said that. I'm really, like, people, like, would say, like, oh, are you with the Black Lives Matter movement? No, I'm with no, justice. I'm with Jesus. <laughs> with Jesus. He cares like, about everybody. So that's the whole point of this episode. It's mm-hmm. the whole both and. So it's it, the full title. I got this from a video. I'm actually going to play it right now. Um, it's the both and of evangelism and justice. Mm. So a lot of people think they're two separate things that can't go right. together. Either mm-hmm. you're for justice, you're social social person, yeah. or you're all about evangelism. Yeah. Just preach the gospel. It's all, stop worrying about racism is a sin problem. So don't worry, just preach the gospel. And that'll take care of it. And nah. That's not that's like saying all lives matter as a, go <laughs> as a response yeah go sit down so i want to play this video it's about two minutes long um and it's by one of my favorite favorite preachers tim keller who very sad he had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer about two weeks ago what mm-hmm. god why are you oh, never mind yeah i can question so your method but i can never question, question your motive. motive exactly so i, I pray that myself. i pray that he gets to, i've already lost too many people that I look up to. Ravi's already gone. I don't want yeah. him to go as well. But Tim posted this. It was a snippet of a of a sermon he was giving. This is about six months ago. This is before COVID. This is before yeah. It's probably um, George Floyd. Longer than six months ago. Too. Yeah, probably was. Um, so I'm just gonna play it right now, and uh, then we'll talk after. Yeah. 
I've said that I believe that the primary reason, I, I'm, here I'm following, I'm absolutely tracking with, with my friend, brother Kevin DeYoung. Uh, the primary thing the church is supposed to do is to preach the wrath of God against sin and to call people to repentance and to see people believe and have faith in Jesus Christ. It's also true that the, the Bible says, Jesus says, that Christians are supposed to be salt and light in the world. Uh, you know what salt does? Salt penetrates the world and keeps it from going. You know, salt goes into meat to keep it from going bad. Salt goes into meat to bring out the flavor and to keep it from going bad. And when Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth, he's talking about the fact that, yes, gathered together, we're preaching the gospel, but spread out, we're not only talking to people, our friends, about the gospel, but we're also loving our neighbor. We're also out there being good Samaritans. And it keeps, the, it keeps society from going bad. It keeps it from becoming corrupt, to some degree. There's, there's corruption, to some degree. And therefore, the, what is the mission of the church? In one way, I'd say the mission of the church is to preach the gospel. What is the mission of the church, not just gathered, but also scattered? Not just the church gathered as a body, but the church scattered all Christian individuals. It's to both do that in word and deed. Both, in other words, witness to the gospel, not only by sharing faith and calling people to repentance. Yes, we're supposed to do that with our friends. But we're also supposed to be uh, uh, doing justice and caring for the poor. And it's when those two things come together that you really have a powerful mission. When the world sees Christians only evangelizing and not caring about society, not caring about, not doing the Good Samaritan thing. When the world sees Christians only evangelizing, you know what they see? They actually see people who just care about increasing their tribe, increasing their market share, increasing their power. Now that's not true, but from the outside, they don't have the Holy Spirit what else are they going to think when they see uh, you do evangelism and the church grows and grows and grows? They're going to say, I was just like every other business in the world, every other power block in the world, trying to get a bigger part of the market. But when they see us evangelizing and pouring ourselves out for the poor and the needy and caring about racial justice, when they see us doing both as Christians, then then I think, the, I mean, frankly, the, the, the preaching of the gospel makes a lot more sense to them. Hey, man. Man. You better preach to him. That's my guy. Preach every bit of that. Man. I think one thing that, uh, I'm pretty sure you got like questions and stuff. Oh, yeah. this, but um, one thing that like, comes to mind or when I was listening to this is how, how, the, how the outside looks at the church. That is a huge, like, I'm going to be honest, man. Like, we keep thinking that, okay, we could just preach the gospel and get more attendance. This is why people think that the church is just greedy. Mm -hmm. They think that this is a scheme to get people's money because all they see is people coming into the building, paying their tithe, and then the pastor gets a new car. But if you saw the pastor out picking up people for church or you saw the pastor out like feeding the homeless, if you saw the pastor out there doing um, what pastors should do, when you see them, the church doing what the church is supposed to do, you're more like, dude, no, that guy is for real. Like this is not a show for mm -hmm. him. And I think about this when I think about Francis Chan, like mm -hmm. this is not a game to him. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't even care about how many people come to his church. He's like, I'm about the gospel and I'm about loving people. I'm going to show that in the most radical way possible. I'm going to literally leave pastoring. I'm going to leave this building and go like be the church outside these walls. And when I see that, I have a great respect for the man. And I think if anybody even who's maybe not even a believer, if you saw Francis Chan's life, you'd be like, that dude is crazy. But, he, about that dude. but he's really about what he talks about. 
And that's what we're supposed to look like. <clears throat> so, so true. Missing a lot, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. So so hearing that, I we don't think about what we look like to the unsaved world. And that's kind of what I was trying to talk about an mm-hmm. uh, episode or two ago in the Justice episode. Like, what we don't realize is that if we can get things right in the church, it's going to be more effective from the outside looking in, looking, yeah. looking at us, right? So like I said, if churches were talking about racial issues and they're trying to resolve them in, in their the church, churches, yeah. right? And people from the outside who are not saved come in, or at the very least people who are in contact with people who are from the outside, Inside, just yeah. that one degree of separation. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to have more of an impact to actually bring heart change. No doubt. When it comes to racism. For sure. Right? But something else he, he talked about that I... I but I don't think we think about it enough. We've talked about it on this podcast. This is going to be a better, a even good reason to bring it back up. It's about scattering. Yeah. Like we're so obsessed with being in the building. Yeah. Like we're just being like gathered together. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, we got to go to church instead of, no, we are, we are church. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and like he said, we're supposed to be salt. I that thought about this metaphor when up. he said this. If you just put a huge clump of salt all together concentrated on one part of your steak, that's disgusting. Yes. So on anything. Just a big old mound of salt. Yeah. That's what we do. This we just so literally crazy. get as much salt as we can and we gather it together as close to, as possible. Yeah. In one place. It's that <clears throat> can't taste good. And it can't bring out the flavor on the rest of the meat. And it's it's going to ruin the spot where it's at. Yeah. So so this is the weirdest, craziest thing. You remember when I went to South Carolina? Mm -hmm. Uh, From, I don't even know what it was for. Family reunion? Yeah, family reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, On our way back to California, coming back to California, before we left, my Uncle Howard gave me that exact same analogy. Wow. And he was like, what does it profit you because he was talking about AV at the time because I was mm-hmm. telling him about ministry and stuff, and he's like, Man, it's gonna be great when God finally like, breaks that uh crystallite or whatever it's called, like when mm-hmm. salt clumps together. Mm-hmm. He's like, It's gonna be great when God breaks that. I'm like, That was rude. Why, why would you ever say that? <laughs> he was like, It sounds like you guys are doing an amazing thing and amazing work where you are, but from what I'm hearing is that you guys all do that in the same vicinity, in the same area, with the same people. And it's like meat, literally, it's like meat, a steak with a big old clump of salt right in the mm-hmm. middle. And I'm thinking like, what's wrong with that? It's fantastic. And he talks about like, in order to have uh, shalom in your neighborhood, to have shalom mm-hmm. in your city, there's no way that all the salt can be in one place. And he mentioned like the upper room and like mm-hmm. the, the disciples being scattered and the church being scattered. Like that had to happen. Yes. Or only, first of all, they become they would become the Pharisees like all over again. Yep. But then they would become um, tasteless in the world that was needed to taste, and the world would not be preserved. Their little space would be preserved. Yes. They would know who God was, just like it was in the diamond that they were in. Yes. No one else knew about Yahweh like that. Mm-hmm. No other country. No other. No one knew about Jesus. N- zero. Mm-hmm. But because they were scattered, they were able to spread the gospel. Yes. I think this is what we miss out on a lot uh, is because we are in church and we're not really taught how to be how to be the church outside, outside. the building. We and I'm talking about practical mm-hmm. stuff, and I'm mm-hmm. not talking about that kind of like I'm in the pulpit and I'm telling you what to do. No, no, no. I'm talking about I'm in the pulpit 
hey guys, I'm leaving the pulpit. Mm -hmm. Come, let me show you what it looks like to feed a homeless person. Let me show you what it looks like to help someone fix their car. Let me mm -hmm. show you what it looks like to be in the presence of people that you claim to love and serve. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Police. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think if we get to, if we get back to the basics of what the gospel entailed in the beginning, mm -hmm. we could have a church that literally makes change. Like where the church has a voice again, the church doesn't have a voice. Because we're not everywhere. And we're, we're just talking to it ourselves. Think, in our building. <laughs> and I mean, We don't like, even talk to the other building. <laughs> man, there's other clumps of salt over there. Like, well, we ain't talking we, to them. I mean, imagine. We got to get more people to come here and be turning I need into a, salt. I need a visual. I need a I visual know, of this. I need a, someone to post a picture of a, of a snake with just clumps of salt yeah. all over. And just be like. And then show all the other parts that don't have salt rotting. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then you, or you, you cook them. Even if you cooked it, right? And you're trying to eat it. It's like, man, this ain't got no flavor. And, then you and get that the part's part got way, way too, too salty. <laughs> That's what we do, though. God, you're amazing. Yes. God is like, We are messing up completely um, as a church. Like, we're not doing uh, both and. Yeah. You know, we're, we're choosing. We're literally one. just doing evangelism, which nothing wrong with evangelism. Nothing at all. But the whole point of, of this Christian life, most of our... our church life should be spent out yeah like i feel well, it like is. the truth is it is spent out but we're not but we don't even being, but here's the problem I'm actually being the when church. i'm not in the building i don't think i'm at church or i'm doing church mm -hmm. we have to be somewhere once a week whether it's friday with av yeah. or sunday at whatever local church people go to and even the fact saying going to <laughs> i've gotta <laughs> stop saying that yeah, it's like it, everywhere you go is the church yeah. because you are the church. Change the language. Like we've we've change got to like I was thinking about that this morning. Yeah. Like we've got to change. Stop saying, hey, what church do you go to? Mm -mm. No, like where what do gathering? you gather? Yeah. Like Way right? Because we are the church. And yeah. I don't think that it was ever intended to seem split up. Like it wasn't supposed to seem like. Um, we were divided anyway. Mm -hmm. So when you would say, like, if you start saying stuff like, where do you gather? Because we are the church. And then mm -hmm. you'd be like, hey, we want to gather with you. Yeah. It's, it's way better because you don't, you don't think about competition. Yeah, it you doesn't become, unfortunately, we because of nonprofit status and all this stuff, like we yeah. have the, and, and people having jobs and working for the organization, yeah. it, it, it naturally lends itself to like, we've got to get more people in here mm -hmm. to keep this thing going. And all we end up doing is like crowding, 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 crowding. And I really feel like every church, every church, including AV, you get to a point where you're not really adding new people, mm -hmm. right? Like it's pretty much Sunday after Sunday or Friday after Friday, or week after week. You're just talking to the same, same people, people. Mm -hmm. week after week. I mean, I, I remember feeling like that at, at my old church. It was just like. Oh, you have any visitors, first time visitors? And it'd be like two hands that would go out up. of like 200 people. <laughs> oh, hey, okay, we got visitors here. And then it's just like, you're you're not really saying anything new that we haven't already heard. You're like, that's phrase, preaching to the choir. That's yeah, all we do. That's all we do. Right? Instead of, we, like you said, like we have to get to a point where we're always out, where the salt spreads out mm -hmm. and it's able to preserve and flavor, bring out the flavor. Yeah. Of, of the world around mm -hmm. us that is dying and decaying. Yeah. Right. We can slow that process down. And then at the same time, by bringing the flavor out, we're, 
we're, we're bringing like rejuvenation no doubt to what's going on around us like and that's where yes we have to evangelize but we also have to i love when he said do justice yeah that's that's a very biblical way of looking at it. it's Micah doing justice yes you have to do it mm -hmm. so as a christian we should be the main ones concerned about justice but and we've talked about this mm -hmm. It's not, okay, who didn't get punished? Where's the cops that need to be punished? That's no. not what we're talking about. Mm -mm. Let the worldly justice system handle that, even though it's going to mess it up completely. It's terrible. <laughs> we are talking about restorative biblical justice, which yeah. is anybody I see mm -hmm. that has been lowered down. Sought to is looked at as lesser than. Mm -hmm. Whether it's by s systemic issues or somebody did them wrong. Whatever the case may be, the mm -hmm. ultimate issue is sin. So if I see a homeless person or somebody who's poor or who's in need or or who's been hurt, like mm -hmm. robbed, attacked, whatever the case may be, I have to go in and actively try to correct right it, there. like bring them back up. Yeah. Right. And I have to it, it's literally disadvantaging myself for the advantage of somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right. So sounds a lot like Jesus. It, man, <laughs> And this is so anti-American what I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. Um, because if you're rich, if you're super rich and then you get saved, you should be all the stuff that I have. Because I always imagine that Bible Project video. Imagine it. I'm going to try to verbalize it so you guys who are just listening can understand what I'm saying. Oh, the, uh, it's like a, like a flat plane. Mm -hmm. Every single human being on the same should plane. be on the same plane. But some people are higher than others. And as a result people are lower mm -hmm. than others, right? I don't care who you are. If you are super wealthy, if you can retrace it back, look back somewhere, somebody else with disadvantages for you to get, to get advantage. You mm -hmm. can go back generations in your family, whatever you got to do to yeah. look back. You got somewhere because at the expense of somebody oh, else. Yeah. Right? So every, this is going to sound real communist, but everybody should be trying to level everything out. Yeah. So that our society is just according to God's standard, not human standard. Yeah. Right? Well, how do you, how is that fair? How do you blah, blah, blah? But I wouldn't even take it to society. Mm -hmm. Let's just start with the church. Yes. How about in the church that we start to practice lowering everybody mm -hmm. and raising people up so that mm -hmm. we're on the same playing mm -hmm. field? And that could look like, okay, you could have a job that pays well, but if there's someone who like ever loses their income then you say, hey, how can I help? Mm -hmm. Like, this is something that we've, like, cultivated in, in our relationship. Like, yes. if I'm in need, you help. If you're mm -hmm. in need, I help. If mm -hmm. patient's in need, I help. If he's mm -hmm. been, like, we've practiced this, and we're getting better. Like, we're not, we're nowhere close yeah. to actually doing it the right way, but we are practicing it. And what we're, what it is, it's we're practicing justice. We are doing mm -hmm. justice. We're not doing equality. We're not doing equity. We are doing not justice. Yet. And thing that, like, messed me up, um, I'm going to show you this picture while I talk about it. Is oh, like, I saw this. It just blew my yes, mind. Yes, this was crazy. It's like, so this is a picture. Oof. This is a picture of a apple tree. And there's two people at the bottom of the apple tree. For inequality, the apple tree is growing in one direction toward one person. And all the apples are growing on one side of the tree. So it makes it really hard for the person on the opposite side of the tree to reach any apples. And there's hardly any there. What equality says is, okay, cool. Let's get a, let's get them a ladder. Um, both people both people a ladder mm -hmm. the same size ladder well yeah it's the same size ladder but the problem is there's still more apples on his side mm -hmm. than the other person's side and it's still difficult for me to reach all the apples on my side because the tree is leaning toward you and not mm -hmm. and against me and then it shows what equity is and this is like because i was i was a person that was like 
pro-equity. Like, mm-hmm. no, we need equity. We need to be elevated, like higher because you've had so much more. But the problem with equity is the tree is still leaning. Mm-hmm. The problem is the, the tree, system. the system, yes. where we're getting it from, that is leaning. That has to be fixed. So yes. in the in what justice looks like, so in this picture, it'll be on our YouTube, so if you guys want to check it out. But uh, this picture shows that the, the, the person that is on the side of the tree where it's leaning toward them, they are build they built something to straighten the tree out. Mm-hmm. And then they bring the other person up, elevate them so that they can still reach. Ladder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now they're they adjusting, the they fixed the system so that it's equal for everyone. This is what Jeff was talking about when he said the level playing field. Mm-hmm. Look, everyone has to have the idea that if I have more than enough, someone has less than enough. Mm-hmm. So if I have more than enough, let me take what I have to give to someone else. This is Jesus. And I think this is something that we miss when we talk about social justice and all these other things because we don't understand that social justice and all this equality, all this kind of stuff, it is a part of God's plan. Yes. Like just because Jesus didn't outwardly uh, blast, verbalize, verbalize it. it. Yeah. He did it. He, yeah, he, he went he to did lepers. Justice. He helped widows. He helped. Cared about children, people who had he less. Cared than. about people who were dis, uh, discriminated against racially, Samaritans. Yes, uh, you know Greeks. He, all he that stuff. did all of it, mm-hmm. so we can't like say because this is what I've heard an argument which I'm can't stand hearing it anymore. <laughs> where like, well, did Jesus talk about racial inequalities? Uh, read the parable of the Good Samaritan. That's literally the point of the parable. Like I'm just like, yes, you ain't paying attention. <laughs> He's he has actually lived it out, and what you think is a message about like everyone should just help everybody. No, you missed the point that the, that Jews hated Samaritans. Yes. Like you can't just read that story and not understand the fact that Jews were racist. Yes. <laughs> like they hated Samaritans who were their cousins, which didn't even make any sense. But they hated them so much that if they saw one, if they saw one, they were like, "Nah, skip it. I'm not helping mm-hmm. them." And then Jesus flipped the script and actually like makes the Jewish man the one who's in need, and then makes the Samaritan the one to come help mm-hmm. the Jewish person. And all the the Jewish people, the, uh, the, the Pharisee, uh, the, and the Levite, Levite, they pass by. Also, he the story of those woman at the well, like yes. the fact that he passed through Samaria when he didn't have he to. didn't have to. Like, right? He wasn't even supposed to. It's just like you guys aren't supposed to associate. And he like actually like evangelized to the entire village right? for two days. Now, I'm gonna get to. Well, I'll come back to that. But I just. <laughs> I, I, like, yeah, yeah, man, I think it's crazy that people don't understand. And you got to look at the Old Testament. So there's a ton of verses that talk about the quartet of the vulnerable, the widow, the orphan, the poor, and the immigrant slash resident alien, mm-hmm. right? And it was mandated to Israel, to the kingdom, right? So we're talking about God's chosen people, mm-hmm. right? Their society was supposed to function where there shouldn't have been any inequality. Zero. God really cared about that type of justice where like king, leader, like whatever you're, if you see anybody who's who's disadvantaged, mm-hmm. the society needs to be changed, the system needs to be changed and function to where nobody's disadvantaged. Amen. Unfortunately, because of human sin and greed and selfishness, there was still, Israel disobeyed that part of God's command. It was a. They, they were did it supposed bad. This is to why, do it. This is why all the prophets were coming back. Yes, because they kept on telling them, "Look, you have forsaken what the Lord has told oh, us to man. do." Read, read Isaiah, Zechariah. Oh uh, man, uh, Zephaniah yes. is a really good one. Micah. Uh, mm-hmm. These are all like Jeremiah books. even talks about it. They're like, "Look, you who are at the top, you." And this is the crazy thing. It was not just like regular people. This mm-hmm. wasn't like politicians. 
they became politicians, but mm-hmm. they were the leaders of the church. They yes. were supposed to be the leader, the, the one to show leader. everyone yeah. else how to follow Yahweh. Follow Yahweh. Mm-hmm. But they got off track, which made all of the rest of the rest of the the the, the country, the rest of mm-hmm. the civilization the go off track. The yeah. nation, mm-hmm. and you're just like, yo, if you miss it at the top, it's going to trickle down all the way down to the last person. And this is how you can even have a system of justice in our country mm-hmm. that is anything but. Like yeah. we have a, we don't have a justice system at no, all. We have a del- vengeance system. Yes, it's delusional calling that system criminal justice when the rich and the guilty are safer than the poor and the innocent. That's <sighs> propaganda. I'm just like that. The, the it, it makes me upset because it doesn't, it doesn't work. And I think now people are seeing that, mm-hmm. but it's never worked. Yeah, this is where I'm trying to like people like even with the uh, and this is like not even a, this is not even a shot to Donald Trump or nothing like that. But like make America great again. This is why for us as black people, we hear that and we're like, what are you talking? What are you talking about? about? When, when is America it, ever when great? When was it great? And who was it great for? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and so again, Christians talking to my Christian brothers and sisters, like if you as a believer in Jesus have faith in the America's criminal justice system, I worry about you mm. because what you are supposed to believe as far, as far as human depravity and evil and sin, you should have zero faith in that thing. In any system except for any God. system. It's not even in a system that was supposed to be following God. We we're just talking about the kingdom of Israel. Mm-hmm. They're God's chosen people. They couldn't even get it right. Nah. So you definitely shouldn't trust no America's nah. you know, system. Right. So we shouldn't be like, well, no, just wait till the facts come out. We got to trust the police know what they're doing. They're not bad guys. And, which I'm not saying that they are, but it's just like, why would you not believe that there's something wrong with the yeah. system? Like, why do you think we're making it up? Which is I don't I don't understand that. So a whole group of people, but yeah. And then okay, getting kind of back on topic here as far as both end, mm-hmm. right? So the, the the biggest argument, biggest pushback that's been going on for years now is just preach the gospel. Yeah, just evangelize. Which I think Tim Keller did a great job arguing against, because you you can't just do that. Jesus didn't just preach the gospel; no. he dealt with people's physical needs. Amen. So social just—you can't call it a social justice gospel. Social justice is in the gospel. You it can't is. separate them. It's literally a both end. So Christians should be the main ones worried about what's going on out there with people, and as salt. And light, amen. We're the main ones. We should be the first ones on the scene all the time. Like, hey, you're homeless. You need some help. Hey, like you're you've been done unjustly. Mm-hmm. Something happened to you. What do you need from me? Like, we should be the main ones, the first ones on the scene, trying to get out there into the world, get out of our the freaking buildings, man. get out of our little salt clumps, <laughs> and go and and salt the world. Dude. Like, go preserve it. And go flavor that thing. Go mm-hmm. make it better. Go improve everything. So Christians should be involved in everything. Yeah. Right? We always say, well, no, no, no. We're in the world, but not of the world. Yes, true. We are still in that thing. It's so, so enough. Not We're not supposed to be monks in a monastery hiding from society. Just, <laughs> just no, no, no. Don't. And I hear this all the time, and I understand the logic. But I I, I, I think you're wrong here. If, if you're a pastor preaching this type of stuff, like, like, oh, no, you shouldn't go certain places anymore. And you shouldn't be doing the, you, you, you shouldn't be caught dead in certain places. 
Which is then how are those people ever, ever going to hear, the, hear gospel? the gospel? Ever now, obviously, there's wisdom that has to come with that discernment. I mm-hmm. can't like if somebody's addicted to to lust and stuff like that. I'm not going to send them into a strip, strip club, club right. to go evangelize. Somebody has alcohol, I'm not going to send them to a bar mm-hmm. to go evangelize. Obviously, there's wisdom in that, but. Mm-hmm. Pastor, is anybody gonna go to these places? Man, we literally we literally teach people never go yeah, to these places. Never. All you gotta do, hey, and then and then this is our, our biggest fault, and I'm saying, all right, I'm just as guilty of this. We just gotta, hey man, you should come to my church. Hey, if I can just get you, but I am a church. And Uncle Rob was talking about this last Friday. And like, like we really feel like if if I have to get you to a place to, to be saved. Missed it. Something's wrong. Missed it. Right? Because I am the place. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't have to, hey, man, just come to my church. Hear my pastor. He's amazing. He be preaching, man. You got to come here and that'll save you. Nah. If I can just get my friends to come to my building at a certain day, a certain time, then that'll help their lives. No. Not at all. Like, I should be in their life as salt and light, mm-hmm. bringing the gospel on top of meeting their physical needs. Yeah. I'm not going to go to somebody who got their lights cut off that can't pay their pg and Hey, come to my church. No. Like, and and pay. Pay tithes. Pay tithes. Well, and then the Lord will bless you. I would love to come here about God, but like I don't have any heat or light at home. Or gas in my or, car. Yeah. Or a car for that matter. Yeah. Like I'm struggling here. I can't feed my kids. That, and I think. Okay. Well, let me just preach long. the gospel to you because that's all that matters. Dude. Mm, I don't want to hear the gospel. This good news. My life freaking sucks. Yeah. So we got to address Jesus would go out. He did both, both. And like there is a level of social justice, which means making things that are wrong. Right. Mm. That Jesus did because he understood that uh, he understood that people were hungry, Mm -hmm. but he also understood, okay, they were hungry. And then they came back the next day looking for more food. And he was like, cool. I understand your heart. Let me tell you what you really need. Mm -hmm. Let me tell So it was always both in. It was never like either or like Jesus didn't like, Oh, I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna preach the gospel and I'm not gonna do any miracles or I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna do miracles and I'm never gonna. It was never that. Like even I think about every time that Jesus preached, uh, it was always backed up with some type of miracle or -hmm. some type of like staple that said, "Look, I am going to meet this, but what you really need is this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to meet this, but what you really need is this." And you see it time and time in the Bible. And I think this is where church has like just picked one or the other. Mm out of comfort you yeah. know, it's like you just want to be com- like preaching the gospel i'm gonna be honest preaching the gospel is easy it, it pretty it's much easier is. than actually meeting a physical need because it doesn't inconvenience for me to tell you something with my lips bro, i can do it all day like jesus mm-hmm. loves you jesus cares for you god bless you uh he's the way the truth and life i can do that all day long but can i can i pay someone's pg and all day long nah mm. can i like feed someone all day long no can I take someone to the grocery store so they get the No, but mm-hmm. should I try? Of course. Yes. You should do something. There should be an action behind what you say because if your words, if your mouth is saying that this is the good news, but your actions prove otherwise, there's no way I'm coming to your church. There's <laughs> no way. Which is what you wanted. That's not even going to happen. <laughs> no, I'm not yeah. coming. And then the the other side of the coin, we have to be careful. Like you can't just do social stuff. I can't no. just do physical Cause there are some people who are just like, they've made their church all about that. Like yeah. we're just all social, social, social. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's, it can't be the pinnacle. It can't be yeah. the, it can't be the, the staple of your church. Like even for my church, my church is heavy in the social mm-hmm. justice room, mm-hmm. but I promise you never going to get a social justice sermon without the gospel. Mm-hmm. You're never going to see acts of service from our church without the gospel. Like we will literally stop everything and be like, Hey, we forgot to preach. 
or and like and in the honesty of that like hey we came out to do this we got so busy with the work Mm -hmm. like we don't want you guys to leave without this so stop eating let me tell you why we're out here. Yes. Let me tell you what gave What's us the energy. What's motivating us to do this? Exactly. We mm-hmm. don't care about you guys remembering our names, remembering our church. We don't remember. We don't care about none of that. Yeah, I don't care if you come to my church and give. You can go to any church, yeah. any church you want to. And we prefer that you go to a church in your community. Yes. So, like, you driving to our church doesn't make any sense yeah, if go you live. Gather. Go to your whatever gathering works. Do that. Yeah. But we can't. Like, we can't leave out either one of them. Uh, we can't elevate one over the other. They are the same. Like, the gospel and, like... Preaching the gospel and doing the gospel on this, like this, is what I think we kind of lost. To be orthodoxy honest. versus orthopraxy. Oh, we're very good with orthodoxy, like what we're supposed to know mm-hmm. and, and believe. But orthopraxy, we're supposed to actually practice. It we doesn't line up, and we I'm, don't do it. I mean, you know, I mean, we did two weeks ago. We did that prayer walk, mm-hmm. and that was probably. One of the greatest, like, top three things I've ever done in AV, ever experienced wow. in AV. And, I mean, I've preached in yeah. AV, which is great. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, we've had great fellowships. But actually going out into the community, meeting people. Yep. Like, we were actually able to help this old, this elderly uh, Mexican couple. They're like, oh, yeah, can you, you know, the husband had just had surgery. Mm. And, and they were sitting out in front, um, on the front porch, you know, in their gate. And, you know, we started talking to them and stuff. And they're like, yeah, we have these two couches here. I need them to be moved. We're hoping that my nephew comes or my grandson walks by at some point. And me and John are like, oh, we can do it. He goes, oh, really? Yeah. Like, so we like, we just let come in the gate. Yeah, just move them, like, to the side. And we just pick them up real quick and easy. And he was like, oh, man, thank you, guys. Man, I just had <laughs> surgery. Like, like doing that, dude. And imagine if we did that dope. on a scale of, like, because, number one, they're going to be like, that was weird. Like some random people walking yeah. by. They, they just, said they they go to the that one uh, Valley Christian Center all down the street. Yeah. yeah, we told we were able to go out and talk to different people and tell them who we were. Yeah, we looked weird. Number one, because people don't do that in the neighborhood. You don't no. walk in a group of like ten people. They're just like, what the heck? What do you? Who are you guys? What are you doing? And we're just like, and we're just saying hi to being super nice. Everybody, yeah. hi. How you guys doing? Hey, and everybody was coming outside. Like people came out <laughs> and looked at us and like waved awkwardly. It was it was amazing, dude. And I'm like, yo, this is us actually doing what we're supposed to be doing. And look, and the oh, re- and the results can be endless. And this is why I believe, like, if we are going to be a church of this generation that is going to change any type of social status, any type mm-hmm. of like social justice, mm-hmm. it has to start with us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we have to start in the church. If we, like you said this and what really like made me stop talking to people outside the church about social justice is like the end game is never going to change on the outside. Yeah. Like it's the problem is not laws. It's not legislation. <laughs> um, it's not who's in office. Like that's not the problem. The problem is our hearts. And the only person that can change hearts is God. Yeah. So if we are out here doing all this, social, like, and I, I'm, I'm, I applaud all of the people who are out there protesting. Absolutely. Like, that yeah. is necessary. Like. We have to speak about it. We got to talk about it. We got to get it out there. But, like, if that's it, <laughs> fam, we are in a world. Where- All right, change the law. We are good. <laughs> yeah, we thought the same thing when the Civil Rights Act in 1965. Yeah. We thought we were we had done something. And nothing, nothing changed. changed. It so, just changed the face. And, I'm, and I, I do want to acknowledge, and I told this to a patient today. I was like, there's a lot of benefits that I'd be able to benefit from, from laws being changed yeah like the fact that i'm able to buy a house yeah in a certain neighborhood, neighborhood. and be able to go to schools have kids go to my, my future kids or whatever kids go to schools 
that are actually good schools. I was able to go to a good white school that I would not have been able to go to yeah. back in the 60s or whatever. So, like, yeah, there's definitely some benefits to all the work that people have done yeah. out in the world. There's policy change and things mm-hmm. like that. Do that. Go for it. But what we have been wrong on, what we messed up on, what we got our hopes up on was that people would actually stop being racist. <laughs> we actually thought that like, oh, yeah. like we I've been saying this all the time. Man, it's 2020 and people are still like this. Why are we surprised? surprised. What what did you do? <laughs> Has anyone's heart been changed <laughs> on a massive level? Dumb. No. So why are we surprised that people are still racist? Yeah. You can change all the laws you want. Yeah. But you're going to keep if coming back to the same exact problem. Yeah. Which is sin. <laughs> and that's a God problem. It's not a human problem. So, I mean, it's a human problem, but it's only God's only answer for that problem. If we are going to, uh, if we're going to change anything, let's start with ourselves. And I want to be honest mm-hmm. with our, all of our listeners. Like every podcast challenges me. Um, <laughs> last podcast, I said I was going to go to the homeless people that were on the side of the freeway. Um, I haven't went just to let you guys know. And none of you guys hit me up, so I just want to let you know, like, <laughs> I have no accountability partners. <laughs> but it has to, like, it, even the fact that I remember that, the fact that I am, like, even me saying, I know I said it in a joking way, but it it, it hurts a little bit thinking, like, they're still there. Mm. And I'm still, like, comfortable. And all I'm, I just want to do something small. It's not huge. It's not gigantic. It's something small that I can change in my own life right now hmm. that could benefit someone else. This is what justice looks like. And if I'm going to do that, for me to go to these homeless people with food is great. But if I just mm. go with food, mm. it doesn't matter. Like yep. they're going to eat and then they're going to be hungry again. Mm-hmm. But if I can tell them about Jesus, if I can give the them bread of life that they will never hunger, or thirst. they will never hungry or thirst again. Mm-hmm. And they will, and they will be on, a, I believe on a path to, um, to like, real reconciliation and like mm-hmm. being even being even being able to be put back into society yeah, in the right life. way yeah life that jesus was talking about um like i don't know what is going to actually come out of that like i don't know if they're gonna you know be able to buy a house one day or nothing mm-hmm. like that but all I, I do know that they will have a different perspective on life yes they will understand that this isn't even the end mm-hmm. a lot and of people are not going through life alone no it's like if you need to, and then that's nothing like being able to tell somebody hey if you need something, like just let me know. I might. I don't have all the money. Like people can know that they can know that you can't fix every need. Like Jesus was by awesome. yourself, by myself. But I can't. If, if we have a real community of people, do a real church mm-hmm. with resources, we could really make things happen. There shouldn't a society should not exist really and truly. Obviously, this is not going to happen because humans are are broken. But there's really no excuse for poverty and homelessness and and. All that stuff. There really isn't. There's, there's, there's enough, enough money. There's enough yeah. food. There's enough food that gets thrown away yeah. to feed. The God fact that has, we have laws that that prohibit companies <laughs> from giving food away at the end of the day is ridiculous. I worked at Starbucks and we could not physically give homeless people food that we were about to throw in the trash. And because my manager was a Christian, she would say like, "Okay, we're gonna put all this food nice and neat and put it in bags and then put it in a trash bag." And we're going to put the trash bag like by the by this one location, by the trash can, but it's not in the trash can. So that the, the homeless people that lived near our Starbucks would eat. But her mind was like, I can't even believe like mm-hmm. I can get fired mm-hmm. for trying to feed people food that I'm about to throw away. That I that It's not like food that people have eaten. It's yes. the food that we put in the refrigerator for display or for whatever. It's still perfectly fine. Yep. But because like either today is the expiration date or... Mm-hmm. Um, 
Or the expression. They don't want lawsuits. They don't want lawsuits. Stuff like that. Yeah, man. I mean, it's ridiculous. It is. It, there's really no reason. There's, there's, man, God has created this creation with enough. More than there enough. really is enough. Um, and he talks about abundant life. I, I heard this, I forgot where, and it, it made me emotional in a good way. I think it was on the Bible Project. Oh, the generosity uh, episode? Well, yes, that, that was crazy. The podcast, that's crazy. Anyway, um, no, it was, I was listening to a podcast by Bible Project. They were talking about something. Uh, I think it was parables. But Tim Mackey said something on there that just, like, I never really considered. And they mm. said, like, God, God's ultimate purpose is life. He is a being that all he wants to do is create life. Mm-hmm. Like he's obsessed with life. And I'm oh, like, wow. yo, like he really is like being close to him, being connected to him. He is he's life. all about life, like making life. Mm-hmm. And when his creation that he brought life to messed up the creation, he has to now destroy that and then bring new life. He's all he worries about is making life. Wow. And it's like. And then he has to set in rules and parameters mm-hmm. so that that life is preserved. So if he doesn't yes. do that, then obviously death is going to enter regardless. Yes. But if he says, like, look, this but, is what you do so you don't die. Yeah. He literally told Adam and Eve that mm-hmm. about the tree. Like, yes. once you eat of this, you will die. And then he's even like, okay, now that you've brought death and I even have a plan for that to result in life. Dude. Like, God only cares about life. And not just, like, surviving. Uh, and I'm not even talking about, like, being rich. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about no you know, prosperity gospel. I'm talking about life to the fullest, which is another translation for abundant life, mm-hmm. is like living a life full of joy and peace and, purpose. and, and family yeah. and purpose. Like having people around me that truly care about that, I can actually call a family, which is what you talked about at the beginning of this podcast, which I want to jump back to because it was so powerful. Like if we really keep using this word family, Christians, like let's freaking do it on a on a real level. Like let's be. We talked about this last episode about family. Like let's be real family members, like better family members. Yeah, that is talking about your neighbor, your brother, like the person that I see as a fellow human being, like fellow image bearer. It should crush me to see you in any state lower than what you should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and you can. Well, how do you determine what you should be? Is it a certain amount of income? No. I'm talking about like human beings being like dejected, like driving by my job in Southeast Fresno and seeing the people that are homeless. Oh man. It really, as it should, you should seeing a human being like looking inhuman, Mm -hmm. like all like just messed up and and dirty and sick and and whatever the case may be. And just just in need. And you look at their face and just the hopelessness. Mm -hmm. Like they are just like literally existing. Yeah. Like I just have there. This is just me. I might as well be a tree. I might as well be a basket. I might as well be a And people don't, I'm invisible to people. Like no one cares about me. It's just like, man, like if, if all of the Christians, if all the salt in this world would really do its job and be, fulfill its purpose, like, we would be able to give people that life to the fullest, that abundant life that Jesus wants everybody to have. Mm-hmm. And that comes through doing justice. So like meeting people's physical needs and giving them the good news that their that the their creator yeah. came down and dealt with the thing that was keeping them separated from him so that they could be connected to him so they could have life. Yeah. 
which is true. I mean, I'm going to be real. I don't have all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. Jeff doesn't have all the money in the world. But I guarantee you, like, my life is for real fulfilled. Yes. Like, I, I tr- like I'm not... I'm not in want of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I barely Psalm need 23. anything. Psalm 23. Like, Where's my shepherd? I don't have any want for anything because, because he's my shepherd. Even when I can't pay my bills, even when I'm like my car breaks down, I can't afford. Like, it's not about my financial circumstance mm-hmm. or like my circumstance. It's who I'm connected to because I know that he can, that he'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Even if, and even if I don't, understand like i said in the beginning of the podcast right. i may not understand his, his methods, methods yeah but i can never question his motive he has never let me down yeah like when i think about god he has never once given me any reason not to trust him ever but for some reason money has let me down but mm-hmm. i can run it back to it uh, uh like things like like lust has let me down mm-hmm. uh the pride of life has let mm-hmm. me down all these things yeah, that i like things. material things i've wanted and i've like attained at one point it's like, man, this is great. And then it just... Man, human love, relationships with, with humans can let you down. Dude. But the thing is, like, one thing, I, like, since I've been a true believer, I've never lost hope. Mm-hmm. I've never, like, been like, God, you're just not there. Like, I've, I've said, like, God, I feel like you're not there. Yeah. But in my mind, I still... I, God, I know, I know you're, you're there. there. I know you're standing right next to me. I know that you're walking with me. And I know that you have a plan to like make this work out however yeah. you're going to make it work as out. As horrible and dark as it is. Dude. I'm thinking about our, our, our brother, man, that's going through some stuff. Yeah. Right now, man. It's going through a very difficult time that literally, if I'm honest, like shook me, shook yeah. my faith. I literally was like, God, I, why? Don't what understand. are you doing? Like, why would you do that? Um, but ultimately, I have to. I I end up coming back. He brings me back to like, just trust me. Yeah. I know it looks like awful, <laughs> but just trust, trust me. me. I know what I'm doing. And he does. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, like, to remember that we're not all. We're not the first people to go through stuff mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. There is nothing new under the sun. Yep. We are not the first ones. God is not like, oh snap, I missed that. How did that <laughs> happen? Never. Yeah. Like, we trip out because we have a lack of faith. Yeah. The, the the disciples in the boat were tripping out because they thought they were going to drown with Jesus in the boat. <laughs> the crazy thing is I'm like, Jesus ain't going to drown. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then they ask, like, you don't care if we perish? And he's like, this is, <laughs> this is not how I'm going out. <laughs> like, you don't you don't know the full plan. You don't know everything. So, like, if truly this is something that we have to get to a place where we're not worried as believers. What Jesus literally tells us, like, what what can you do by worrying? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Uh, when I got the news about our friend, it rocked me, bro. Yeah. Like it rocked me, and I was like in a depression. I was for, shook yesterday, bro. Uh, I told Justin she was crying like for hours, and I'm thinking like I was in that same state, so I had to give her like space, and I and I had to like I didn't want to say it's like you have to you have to grieve, you have to feel, yes. you have to be in that. Um, but like I just don't want you to lose hope in that. And what I had to remember was a uh, communion. That song is just so. <sighs> Fire to me, mm. so I'm like, you know, here's where the dead things come, come back, back to, to living. living. Yes, that part. But God's then all at about the life, man. and then at the end, uh, the when they start singing, "What a friend we have in Jesus," and it says, uh, "What, what peace we often forfeit, forfeit what needless pains we bear, because we don't carry, we don't carry everything everything to Jesus to everything to God in prayer." Like yeah. the thing with that, like when I heard the news, I mean, I kind of like went off on God a little bit. Yeah, but and, you took it to him. That's what I did. Yeah, I but, went. I was in my car driving back. Home mm-hmm. and I was just like, you know, how I'm feeling right yeah, now. Like I, I was, don't, get, I don't get what you're doing, bro. I, like, I don't pissed. understand. I was like, God, this makes no sense. Like, why would you do this? 
But then, like, for two days, I'm, like, having mm-hmm. this conversation. But I never, so, like, uh, I think it's uh, Psalms 13, uh, the one that I had read to you, and I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was, it was, like, oh, how long, Lord? How long uh-huh. are my enemies? And I was, like, reading it, and I was, like, man, yeah, this is exactly yeah. how I feel. Yeah. At the end of that psalm, David's, like, but yet I still trust you. God. Nevertheless, yeah. you have been faithful. Like, I will continue. And I think uh, what, what got me over, which I know it was, I was in my laundry room putting clothes in the dryer. And that song, uh, it was coming in my head, like, what uh, peace we forfeit, what senseless pain we bear. Like, God is like, fam, that's you. Like, you are bearing this right now because mm-hmm. you won't give it to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you're trying to fill it, and I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? I don't know why either. So I was like, God, I don't want to feel this. Like, just you take it and help me to trust you, fam. I promise you in that exact moment, I was like, oh, snap, I'm hungry. <laughs> like I was ready to eat. I was ready. To, like I was yeah. like ready to get my life back on track. Yeah. And, uh, and, it, and it changed from that moment. So I know like even with this whole social justice, evangelism, all this type of stuff, like these things seem impossible. Like they'll never yes. end. They're overwhelming to think that how can we do so? How can we actually bring real change? But it's like God's not asking us to that. No. God's asking us to be faithful and to do what he's told us to do. Do justice. Be salt. Like, bring justice with you in your gospel. Meet people's physical needs and their spiritual need at the same time. Yeah. Bring both with you. There's no there's no conflict between the two. Like they, are, they are the two sides of the same coin. So just bring the coin with you. you <laughs> just bring, like, bring the just whole coin. Bring it with you, man. Be that salt. Like, Christians, let's get out of our, our buildings. Let's get out of our bubbles. And let's... First, before we go out, let's get ourselves in order. Let's get Amen. our family together. Let's make sure we are on the same page let's and, get our family and that together. we recognize that there is a problem. Mm-hmm. And let's do that in the church first. Once we're all on the same page and we're all united in Christ and we're all in oneness, mm-hmm. then we can go out and be salt and light. So true. We got we to gotta get our house in order first before we can how you know, talk can, to somebody else. How can a man house? run the house of God? Mm-hmm. He can't run his own house well. Mm-hmm. How can the church help society if the mm-hmm. church is not helping itself well Amen. so that's that's all we got yeah man so obviously we are inhuman i mean well we are human <laughs> and we are imperfect is what i meant to say Completely. so there's plenty of things that we say in the moment that we are sometimes just pure emotion mm-hmm. this is where we're at in this moment in this today moment. we could change literally after we cut this off <laughs> um, but we appreciate you guys giving us grace and and giving up your time to listen to us watch us whatever your case you're doing with this um, we love the the interaction please go and subscribe to our youtube channel guys yeah. like like it's i it's there yeah we're putting a lot of effort into it. our brother's side's putting a lot of effort into this like go check it out man like get that thing bump and share that not everybody can listen to a podcast for an hour, but you can right. watch videos. You can pause it. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more interactive when you're seeing our faces and seeing what we're saying. Yeah. When we're saying it. So, like, share that thing. Go, go, go check it out. Yep. Like, yeah, share. Hey, one of just like, can you do one of those things? Like, oh, click here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to try it out. But, anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, so this has been our hour. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We love you, and we'll see you. See you on the next one. Peace. Bye.